G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Monday, we love to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby and uh, do want to find out about some more of these rock star receptions at large venues all over the state of Queensland on the Truth of It live tour. Martin Isles is the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Martin, a special welcome along to 2020. Good morning, Neil. It's good to be with you again. I want to leave listeners on the edge of their seat for a few minutes before we talk about the Truth of It live tour because, I mean, it's such a rare thing, Martin, that we're hearing of such incredible turnouts in various centres all around the state of Queensland. This is likely to be duplicated right around Australia when you get uh, the energy uh, to be able to visit those states. But before we talk about that, let me ask you about this big news that uh, we've been talking about, that we've been hearing in the news. Israel Folau is back. He's moving towards being signed to the Southport Tigers on the Gold Coast in Queensland, and Clive Palmer has played a role in all of this. What's happening? How do you see things? Well, I mean, just when I thought there was no more twists and turns left uh, in this plot, uh, here we go. Clive Palmer shows up and (laughs) and says that he's going to back Israel Folau down to the last dollar um, in terms of sponsorship because, of course, clubs are concerned about sponsors, getting angry about signing Folau. But also he said he'll back him to the last dollar in terms of any legal costs which he needs to incur in order to push forward uh, the agenda of getting Folau signed to a club. Uh, and that last threat, I suppose, is a big deal because uh, the elephant in the room all along for the NRL has been that if a club were to ask the NRL if they could please sign Israel Folau and the NRL was to say no, that would be in serious legal hot water. Uh, because there is an anti-discrimination law in Queensland which says that you cannot decline to offer somebody work on the basis of their religious activity or religious beliefs. Uh, And there's a very strong legal case to be made there that that is exactly what they would be doing. And so there was sort of this unspoken code within the NRL that no one better ask, basically, because uh, of the legal implications of doing so. But Clive has used his significant clout in the sub-districts clubs, um, uh, including the Southport Tigers, which is not which is a level down from professional rugby, uh, in order to see that Folau gets signed there. Uh, and he said he's just put out, a, I think, a threat the other day to say, look, there, there could be legal proceedings started if you don't get on with it because they're dragging their heels on the paperwork. Uh, but the point there being that if Folau was to play for the Southport Tigers, he would be uh, in prime position to be selected for one of the professional clubs next season, presumably something like the Broncos. So that seems to be the plan of what's going on here. Uh, it's an interesting twist. Um, I, I must say, good on Clive uh, for being a sponsor who is prepared to stand up and say something about this because it is an injustice. Religious freedom is at stake. 
Um, and uh, we'll see where it leads, uh, Neil. <laughs> really, really interesting times. Well, it is going to put religious freedom back front and centre too, isn't it, into the uh, way we talk about agendas and such things, because Clive Palmer is known to be quite litigious. Uh, he's constantly in the courts over some sort of issue one way or another, but uh, he thinks that whoever makes a challenge here needs to be prepared to pay large damages because religious freedom is a fundamental right. So actually, Clive Palmer's arguing for religious freedom here and he's ready to put his money behind it. That must be pretty heartening for someone like you. Well, it's good to see somebody with uh, deep pockets uh, and somebody who is in a position to sponsor uh, clubs and so forth come out and say that because most of our big corporates, most of the sponsors, uh, they ride roughshod over religious freedom. It's like they just don't believe in it anymore. Um, And they are, in fact, the ones who have been putting a lot of pressure on the NRL and um, Rugby Australia to not sign someone like Falau. So, uh, look, it's, it's a kind of a breath of fresh air in that sense. It's good to see somebody who's prepared to stick up for religious freedom. And I must say um, that religious freedom, uh, it is such a fundamental freedom. You can't have people denied jobs. You can't have people stripped of qualifications. You can't have people banned for life or kicked out of institutions or deregistered uh, from different things simply because of their faith because they believe the Bible, as Israel said at the press conference the other day, because they say that they believe the Bible, because they quote the Bible, because they say things about the Bible. Um, You know, that's not a sort of society we want to live in. Unfortunately, the likes of, you know, Qantas and big corporates like that uh, don't seem to particularly be concerned about it. Uh, It's great to have it back on the agenda. Certainly at ACL, um, this is one of the things we're trying to raise in the public consciousness over the next few months. We've got a bunch of campaigns on that front to try and bring religious freedom back to the fore to show that we do have issues with it in Australia and that we need to nip those issues in the bud uh, if we really want to remain a free society. And that's uh, particularly important in an election year and particularly an election year that promises that follows uh, a term in which the Morrison government did not deliver on their promise to reform religious freedom laws. So we want to see that fixed. Interesting, isn't it, the way sport is becoming the case study for religious freedom because the people want Israel for Lau to come back. And there was a poll that was commissioned by ACL found that the public wants him back in the majority. But the clubs are afraid of cancel culture. They're afraid that there's going to be a small minority that's very noisy, that's going to stir up all sorts of action against them. This sort of fear at the club level, that's that's the challenging thing, isn't it, Martin? Yeah, it shows to me that there's a, a the, the very difference that we always suspect, which is that, you know, Joe Average on the street uh, thinks one way, but the people with the levers of power, whether that be in the political sphere or the corporate sphere or at the high-end governance level of these sporting bodies, uh, they think very differently and they have an agenda and they have uh, uh, something that they, they have a, a sort of a, a woke system of belief that they want to impose. But the ordinary folk who are just walking around and who go to the football games and support football, uh, they don't feel that way. They feel like we should be free to live and let live. And that's why the poll that we commissioned showed that about 70% of NRL supporters wanted Israel Folau back in the game. 
Uh, and a third of them said they'd be more likely to watch a game if Folau was playing. Uh, and I think it was only a third that supported the decision to ban- to um, kick him out in the first place. But obviously many of them have since changed their mind. So that's where the ordinary people are at. And, uh, you know, that poll we hoped would give courage to some of the clubs to show that this cancel culture thing is not such a threat. Uh, because the people are on Israel's side. Uh, And Clive Palmer specifically quoted that poll in his press conference uh, and in his media release that he put up on his Facebook page uh, to say, uh, look, the people want this and uh, and this matters. So it's a really interesting distinction to see where the ordinary folk in the street are at, but where the more political classes and wealthy types are at. Um, There's a difference there, and it's uh, becoming more and more stark. Best case scenario here, Israel Folau, from my understanding, could be on the fields this weekend uh, with the Southport Tigers against Burley Heads. And uh, so if everything goes according to the plan, if he's signed this week, is that that's likely to be the case. I suspect there's going to be a huge turnout uh, to watch a game like that. What are your thoughts, Martin? Oh, I think there will be a lot of support. Absolutely no doubt whatsoever. And it will be unusual to see somebody of Israel Folau's ca- um, calibre playing in a sub-districts game. So <laughs> I think I think it'll be... Uh, he'll make a splash, I'm, I'm quite sure, if, if that's the way that this turns out. I don't see how it could turn out any other way because the legal implications of the QRL not signing him now are pretty severe. Uh, they'll be having a conniption, and I'm sure that NR- the NRL and Peter Volandis will be putting all the pressure in the world on them, but uh, I don't think they have a choice. So it'll be very interesting to see, Neil, and I think it'll be a great game, and a lot of people will show up. And that's, Cl- what, that's yep. what the NRL want. They want supporters. Exactly. Uh, Clive Palmer's in the mix here. Uh, there's some legal possibilities this week. Uh, if everything goes to plan, he'll be on the field uh, this coming weekend. Uh, interestingly, uh, Clive Palmer's had this 50-year connection with with the Southport Tigers club, and two of Israel's brothers play for the club. I mean, I can imagine uh, in the competition that he'd be a part of, imagine the uh, the competitors lining up against the Southport Tigers and there's three Falau brothers on the same team. Uh, it's almost <laughs> like it's almost like uh, they could be called the Southport Falau Tigers. Uh, lots of, uh, of Falau's playing all together. Hey, we're going to watch that with interest. Uh, exciting times ahead, not only for fans of rugby league, and people have been following the Israel Falau case so closely, but uh, also for what's coming here, the sideline debate when it comes to religious freedom. We'll be monitoring that along and we'll follow through some more of those things, Martin. A couple of other big things to mention, though. Uh, let's turn our attention to the issue of euthanasia because it's alive and it's happening in Queensland and also South Australia. What are your thoughts for the developments that are happening along this line? Yeah, well, I think one of the main developments, uh, Neil, is that some details have been leaked about the Queensland proposal, whether they're accurate or not remains to be seen. But I was very interested to see that one of the things that was to be included or speculated as being included in the Queensland proposal was the right to die on mental health grounds. 
that's very interesting to me because that's precisely where overseas euthanasia regimes have gone. They start with physical health only, so things like uh, incurable cancers and so forth, but they always expand uh, because advocates get involved and chip away. And where they end up going, particularly in the European situations, is to mental health. So, uh, you know, one example I'll never forget, I was in Adelaide and a man called Tom Mortier from the Netherlands got up to speak and his story was so powerful. He told the story of finding out one day while he was at work delivering a lecture at his university where he teaches, he found out that his mother had been euthanized and he knew nothing about it. And she was euthanized not because she was sick. She wasn't uh, in a physical or terminally ill sense, but because she was depressed and she had been depressed for some years. And, you know, his story then opened up a, a Pandora's box of you know, other stories that I went and read and discovered and realized that in uh, many countries they're euthanizing people because they are, quote, tired of life. And indeed, 20% of Dutch doctors are prepared to do that now after 20-odd years of having euthanasia. So I see the slippery slope opening up already in Australia. I mean, so much for Lifeline, so much for uh, our efforts on mental health to restore people to uh, a good state of mental health. Now we're saying, well, euthanasia might be available for them. And I always thought Australia was already a long way down the slippery slope ever since Dr. David Goodall went to Switzerland uh, and had his euthanasia done from Perth. People may remember the story, but uh, that was uh, paraded all over the media uncritically. And people didn't seem to realise that there was nothing wrong with Dr. David Goodall, except that he was quite old, although a very, very healthy 104-year-old, and he was euthanised simply for his age. So uh, that's what concerns me. And so I'd say to people, this is a massive problem for our elderly. This is a massive problem for our vulnerable, our mentally sick. Killing is not care. Uh, Get onto the ACL website if you're in Queensland or South Australia write to your MPs and urge them to oppose what is a really diabolical law, um, which, you know, uh, is effectively saying in the medical profession that you can kill people uh, and that is caring for them in some twisted and perverse way. So it's a really important thing to oppose. And those are the agendas that are taking place now in two states uh, around Australia. It's important to block it. Well, when those reports indicate that this legislation in the state of Queensland is likely to be the most liberal euthanasia laws in the nation, uh, that ought to arrest the attention of Queenslanders. But, of course, uh, the immediate issue at hand, of course, in South Australia, the Voluntary Assisted Dying Bill, uh, to be debated in the lower house starting on Wednesday. So encouragement there to be in touch with MPs and to take the issue very seriously. Hey, you've got the team working very hard. Martin, while you're touring around the countryside speaking to huge crowds, uh, you've got your state directors working very hard. Wendy Francis, your state director in Queensland and the Northern Territory, has been in Darwin and she's been getting a pretty good reception on all sides of uh, the, uh, the political spectrum in Darwin. What's been happening there? Well, yeah, we always have people travelling around the country and they're always going to speak to politicians in every state and territory. Uh, And Wendy does Queensland most of the time, but she also looks after the Northern Territory. And I guess one of the things that Wendy got a really good reception on up there was um, the need to uh, protect children from being exposed to adult content uh, through digital devices online. We know that exposure to that content for young people is getting uh, younger and younger, Uh, I think it's down below 10 years of age now, average age of first exposure. 
Uh, we've been lobbying the various governments for a while to try and bring in uh, some uh, some legislation to assist in this area. And the federal government have actually, one of their own inquiries, has recommended that a robust system of age verification for adult content on the internet be introduced so that it is not easy to access it. You need to do credit card ver- verification or whatever uh, through, through a body that takes care of that. You know, they, they said we need to come up with a really robust system so that children are not accidentally encountering adult content. Uh, we've been having a oh, little luck with the federal government to get that looked at. But in the Northern Territory, that was something that Wendy was able to talk to with the uh, with the politicians up there, and they were very, very amenable to it. And so we may be able to get some pressure through the states to see advance uh, an advance on that. So that's one of the many areas that ACL is involved in. And I do think, uh, fortunately, pornography and adult content on the internet, it is really reshaping a generation in a very nasty and toxic way. And it's something that we'd love to see resolved. Uh, And we've seen that in this regard, there are vulnerable communities in the Territory, uh, including Indigenous communities that are particularly vulnerable uh, to this sort of thing. So important that we get progress there and uh, more power to Wendy as she continues to advocate on that. Martin, just quickly, when we say that state directors are travelling a lot, uh, talking to politicians everywhere, no doubt uh, federal level, state level and at local level too, is there usually open doors from the political leaders as your team are there talking about Christian positions on these things or is there sometimes uh, a bit of a pushback because of, you know, issues around uh, religious freedom or, you know, if it was Israel for Lau, whatever it might be. Is there uh, is there generally a good open door with our politicians? Yes, there is. We generally have very good access and we generally get most of the meetings we're seeking, including senior level, uh, you know, cabinet level and, and leadership level. Uh, and the main reason for that is the size of the ACL. We're one of the biggest political movements in Australia. And so the politicians do take us very seriously. And that's thanks to all the people out there who support us. I mean, we wouldn't be able to do it without them. Uh, and particularly the fact that they're prepared to get on their feet and run a campaign. That really helps as well because the politicians take notice. So I would say that we have better access than any Christian group in Australia by some margin. Um, so we're very fortunate in that respect. And those conversations, people can be insured, continue, and they continue because of your support. Well, there are a lot of centres that are benefiting from a visit from you and in the state of Queensland uh, where you've been getting the biggest venues selling them out and uh, sometimes people rushing to get through the door to find themselves a good seat uh, to be able to see Martin Isles delivering some thoughts on the latest issues. The Truth of It Live Tour, it's continuing on uh, this coming, well actually it's not this week but next week on Monday the 31st in Mackay, uh, then Toowoomba on the 2nd of June, in Cairns on the 8th of June, uh, these sorts of, you know, the venues that you're booking, you've been upgrading venues, getting the biggest venues in town. Uh, give us a little impression here what the atmosphere is like at these, Martin, and uh, and give us a, a bit of a description of some of the crowds and the way they've been responding to the sorts of things you've been delivering. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Neil. Thoroughly exhausting, but a lot of fun. Uh, we thought we'd just have a few little meetings in Queensland and it's just developed into something that's bigger than Ben-Hur. Um, and the atmosphere at these Truth of It Live events is electric. Everybody is really upbeat. Everybody's happy to be there. It's a really good time. People will see the episodes streamed online as well that I produce at these events. But 
that's not the whole event. There's various other bits and pieces that go on as well, and you've got to come along to experience that. Uh, and it really is a good time. We are continually upgrading the venues, and we have just continually sold out. Uh, we're selling out over a week in advance in some cases. That was including the Gold Coast and Brisbane and Sunshine Coast, where we just had capacity crowds of 1,600 and 1,000 and those sorts of numbers. We've already got over 1,000 registered for Toowoomba, uh, and we've got a week and a half to run until that starts. Uh, and uh, Cairns, we've got a capacity of 1,000 there, and I think we're, we're nearing that. Um, and so if people want to get in and come along and be a part of these very exciting events, uh, please do, and, and, and you can meet me as well. You can come up and say g'day. Uh, people do. I, I hang around a long time afterwards talking to supporters. Uh, so just go to the ACL website and look at the Truth of It Live special events. And I must say, it's so exciting to see a hunger for truth out there in the nation and to see people stirring at a grassroots level. And this kind of show of support is what helps our political influence, but also it's not just about influencing politics. It's about transforming hearts and minds with the truth of the gospel, the truth of scripture. Uh, and yes, we, we always get to the ultimate truth, which is the truth of Jesus Christ. So it's a wonderful time, very exciting. And the dates for Western Australia are going to be announced very soon, probably within the next week. So West Australians can stay tuned for that. All right, no doubt listeners in WA will be on the edge of their seats waiting for those dates and hearing what's happening in Queensland. A breath of fresh air, I think, as I'm looking on as an observer as to what's happening, uh, when people like you, Martin, start to say dealing with these issues, uh, when they're dealing with tough issues, legal issues, ethical issues, and saying these are fun, these are exciting, uh, this is the sort of thing that you need to uh, enjoy grappling with because this is the big game at hand. Uh, You can call it a battle, but in some sense, if you can face it uh, in the joy of the Lord, you're going to be facing things in a different capacity. Let me point people to the ACL website. And for those listeners, uh, with those dates coming up, Mackay next Monday, 31st of May, Toowoomba in Queensland on the 2nd of June, Cairns on the 8th of June, you'll find a link on the ACL website, acl.org.au, where you can book and register and be a part of the Truth of It live tour. And uh, for those listeners in WA, get ready. The dates will be out soon. Martin, always appreciate you. Great insights on so many levels. Thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.